When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, there's my metronome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We should. That would that would really benefit people. All directions. Yeah. yeah. Surrounded by the four of us. I would like to hear us in Atmos. I like would. so, like me on the right and Jeffy right. on the left, and you guys in the middle. I wonder channels. how much how anxiety creating that would be that we were all like around you. Like if you sat down, we were coming from every angle. I wonder what would happen if you put our podcast in activated spatialized. Should try that. Spatialization. I'm gonna phase my voice. Gene and Paul are in opposite speakers, and it's very assaulting when you listen to it on headphones. Well, it's probably. I was gonna say it's probably assaulting assaulting. in mono (laughs) as well. (laughs) (laughs) Heyo, what song is that? Um, You guys ready to start? I have to think, but it's on Kiss. The thing is, it's on Kiss Killers, the compilation, in a in a standard mix. Oh. They 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 redid it instead of the assaulting. Re- they recognized how unnerving yeah. that was. It was very <laughs> unnerving. <laughs> All right, are we ready to go, is. gentlemen? Yes. Yeah. Are you ready, Mr. Brannion? Yes, sir. Then you have the calm. On tonight's dad band land, here's some of what we're going to be talking about. You know, it feels like Shit. we didn't even take a break. Shit, that's yeah. so good. That was he's really been good. he's been practicing. Yeah, not at just, all. I, yeah, I can't ask for it again. No, that's me really either. Good. I'm, yeah. I'm impressed. All good right, work. play that thing. When I am king, you will be fast against the
Dead Bam Land is here, everybody, and uh, wow, we we haven't been in the room together for a couple of weeks. We haven't, we haven't. This yeah. is exciting. And we we're... had that special episode drop last week, and now right. now we're back. We're back in the saddle. How are you all? I'm. Uh, it is a million degrees out there. It is too yeah. many degrees it out is. there. So I'm miserable. I got a um, I got a root canal this morning at eight o'clock this morning. So I'm. I'm and who cranky. are you again? I'm Kevin Burke. Kevin I'm Burke, my co-host. co-host. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I should just I should name myself for it. Just uh, for I should say it's the heat. I should said I'm Adam Felber and this is Dad Band. Why Man, are we here? The What's podcast going on, Adam? that uh, that uh, it looks at all the kind of music that we're obsessed with from Jesus. the point of view of a neighborhood Jesus. cover band. You know what? Jeffy definitely practiced while we were gone. You and I, we, are, we forgot how to slacking. do the show. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, shit. All right, hey uh, Jeff, Jeffy, why don't we say hello to you? How are you, Jeffy Brandon? I'm good. I'm great. <laughs> Even though it's hot, I'm 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 fine with it. Well, we all have visitors have in town. Me and you. Teeth. Well, I my teeth are fine, and uh, you know my favorite invention of humans, air conditioning. It's really yeah. good. Dude. It's really great. It's good. If you don't, ha- if you're a listener out there and haven't heard of it, haven't looked into it, you should air definitely check it out. It's really good. You, you don't Beat realize why that hurts me because we Uh-oh. are in the process of. We've had units, wall units, and yep. we're in the process of doing central, central. air. Central, because wall units have been killing us, and yeah. it's not. This is not just for the house or for. It, it is for mental health. Wall it is units, not a choice. like like mini splits, or like like the kind you have to walk you, into the room and turn on to. This is the units. this yeah. is the daddingest conversation daddy, ever. But <laughs> this has been the conversation in my house, mm-hmm. and why I'm so goddamn hot. Maybe yeah. you should write a song about a, it. Yes, it yeah. is hurting. So the fact that you just brought this up to taunt yeah. me in the middle no, of this it is was really, not to taunt. You chose violence at the beginning of this. That's podcast. not violence. Hey, speaking of it violence, is violence. What is uh, the, what's the topic on Jeffy's jukebox this evening? It's an incredibly violent topic this week. <laughs> it's <laughs> songs our, to murder people yeah, too. That's right. It's our favorite concert experiences. Oh, oh great. Right. That's a good one. That is yeah. a good one. That's very positive. Anti-violence. Now, 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 another violent voice in the room. Let's bring him forward. Yeah. The, 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 the guy who owns the House of Wax. It's Brian Frank. How are Hear you, man? Hear him rage. I, I'm, I'm wonderful because the House of Wax is well air-conditioned. I was going to ask, what <laughs> is the airflow <laughs> situation in the House of, of Wax? You need a, to take care of all these records. You need a lot you, of quiet. Wax yeah. melts. But yeah. it is yeah. an yeah. old house, so you had to, you had to retrofit <laughs> to get all that. And I, the crazy makeup, you don't want that just running down your face. Uh, Brian, what <laughs> wax have you brought from your house tonight? Uh, tonight we'll be discussing Radiohead's third LP. Okay, computer. That was printed on wax? Ever? You're right. looking at it. I'm looking, looking at, at the vinyl. right so. now. This is this is exciting because this is a this is from the lowest ebb of vinyl being printed, probably. The lowest ebb in the yeah. '90s. Yeah, yeah, '97. So oh, I actually I saw an interesting article today yes. that nadir. said that with inflation and all this stuff, that actually 1978 was the most expensive time for records. Wow! Uh, if you take into account inflation, the average record sold for a little over thirty. Dollars wow. in 1978. So, oh, so I feel wow. a lot better about the money yeah. I've been spending on records of today. That's, That's yeah, what this. I told my wife this yeah. morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> never like, been a better time to buy. <laughs> the more I spend, the more I save. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so let's let's roll forward with the whole, all the music talk that we have uh, to get to. Kevin, yeah, um, how's the band doing? Oh, you know what? Here's the deal. The band was slowly working its way back together. Yep. That was happening. It was absolutely moving. Nothing has slowed it down except for summer starting. There's been some sort of neighborhood COVID outbreaks amongst yep. people. But we're still on track to start 
practicing. Yeah, we have agreed in principle to terms. We have agreed in principle to terms. <laughs> come to laugh, come to cry, come uh, to I'm terms. I'm really hoping next time we get together, we can, we will have played, we will have new reports from playing, we will have made it to the other end of this plague. Of the interregnum. Of that's pretty exciting. That's exciting work. Yeah, yeah it is. I'm googling it right now. Okay. All right, um, so what else is up then? What's with our breakdown tonight? Well, so the breakdown tonight, because we're about to get back into playing, but I'm I'm interested in your experience in that. Did you ever? You're a professional comedian. I am. Yes. Well, c- comedy you're, writer, you're comic com- performer, comedian. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you you just ab- absolutely have to label him, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to talk about labels. he is that one. So thing. as a professional comedian, yes. Um, you, uh, what was that? That was like that's your impression wow. of me. From wow. Like, oh yeah. yeah oh, I'm Kevin Burke. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Burke. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, tell me more about you, yeah, being yeah. a professional comedian. You know, what do you want? What do you? What do you ask? What I'm me? asking you, did you ever think about ever being a professional musician? Had it ever occurred to you that was an option on the table, or? Did your comedy career ever bring in your musical aspects? No, and yes. Oh. Yeah. So so I did not think I was going to be a professional musician. I mean, I thought it was possible maybe that I could fall in with a talented band and we'd come up with awesome songs. And And the reason I'm bringing it up is because as entertainment people, we're never that far from people who actually make a living doing this. Yeah, well, let's see. I have written several songs for TV shows. Yes. So, so there's that. That counts. That counts. That counts. I, I've written lyrics and sometimes music and lyrics for a couple of TV shows, including uh, the Wubulous World of Dr. Seuss, a Nickelodeon oh, classic awesome. from the '90s, and uh, very recently there's a thing on Netflix that I wrote a song for. Oh, interesting. Uh, I wrote a mariachi song for some uh, uh, Gila Lizard mariachi band. Um, <laughs> that, that requires no additional explanation. And, um, yeah, yeah. and you know what? I, I recorded a couple of tracks uh, along the way. Look at this. And real time with Bill Maher, he did, a, a, uh, he did an ending of the show editorial where he was offering the commencement address from 40 years in the future. Mm-hmm. And I recorded a spacey version of Pomp and Circumstance for that. Oh, that's crazy. So, well, there, so there you go. I, I, I'm ASCAP or BMI or both. That's me. You have to pick one. And from I what think I, I'm BMI. And from what I know, because you and I have a mutual friend that makes no sense other than it makes the world feel like a simulation in, in our friend Steve Wacker, that I believe yeah. ha- that you played keyboard in one of his shows at some point back in New York. Oh, I think I did. Which is crazy. I can't remember what it was for, but oh yeah, we did some kind of lounge act or something. It was crazy. That's and so yeah, you got you got paid to do bits. You're doing. I got bits, paid to do music, music bits. bits. Yeah, a, a lot along the way. How about you? I never. Well, I did the same exact thing where I thought I'm. I want to write and direct film and TV, but the chances of that are pretty much zero. So I might as well dream about being a rock star at the same time because, like, why? Right. Why? Why end my my pipe dreams? At one, do you know right. what I mean? Like, why, why not, not have a multiple pipe dreams? Multiple pipe dreams. <laughs> multiple things. Why that... not have your heart broken multiple times? Exactly. That's why right. not aim high to fail in every conceivable? If you're going to suffer soul crunching <laughs> pain, yeah. that's right. Just where, where the things that you value and think that you are good at are devalued and you fail. Why not do it a bunch of times? Go for all of them. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a sewer system of dreams. It is. It is. It is. Like Astronaut was up there, but that was a little more attainable. Why have a a killing dream unit on the wall when you could have central dream killing in your entire life? That is right. And so. Come out the various ducts of music and much more of failure. The ducts of failure. 
And so I definitely had the thought about the same thing. Maybe I'll fall in line with some people that are good at music, and then I can uh, join that band. But then it never... Uh, <laughs> you never got invited to I join I never that. got invited to join that band, <laughs> which is a, much to my shame. Dismay. Also, I think I realized, and this is what's fun about doing having a dad band, I realized relatively young that that rock was a young person's game, meaning yeah. after like 22, 23, I thought, I'm not sure... Yeah, like this is not going to. Is I the need, door closing? Is the yeah. door closing? Do I want to lead a lifestyle where I'm up all night and never meet anyone during the day? How's and, that door looking now? Oh, that door. Well, that door. Here's the other thing, though. The entire business of it collapsed before I even had a chance to fail at it, which was the other aspect. Of well, it, not the entire business. Well, You're no, literally the, sitting next to a band manager. Well, yeah, but the business that I, <laughs> the business I was hoping to get into, the version of the business that existed yeah. then, yeah. the version went away. of the business the, that would allow you to do that job. Exactly. Oh, okay. And you know, as a, well as a band manager, you mm-hmm. know more than anybody that. It can often be a young person's game. I have plenty of friends who did very well, and then they got to 30 and were like, I have no other skills, and this is not happening. Because they don't have you as a manager, A, and then B, that seems to be more often. The same, same goes with screenwriting. Same goes with yeah. everything else. You know, these are I think like it's, that. it's culture in general, too, right? To, right? to constantly be in a mind of creation and to be current with what you're creating and, and making something that people can relate to. I think it goes the same for comedy, music, anything, right? And I think there are very few artists who can sustain that through their career. Any kind of artist, music, you know, whatever. In in music, you know, once you've got a body of work, you can coast forever. (laughs) (laughs) But you need to get that body of work. Well, and to that that point, and going back to the young person's game, the people I know that do well in it tour a lot more than you would have had to... 20 years ago. That's true. You That's know, absolutely like, right. Things it's that I Twice would... the work for half the money. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. that. It was an unsustainable time. Yeah, they people. used to have to walk five miles uphill in the snow each way. Just to make a well, record. Yeah. So I never got into that, but I did have a... While I wanted to write and direct, I knew I needed a day job, if you will. And so I, I definitely leaned into my knowledge of mixers, and I had years of re-recording mixing. That's right. You were a sound engineer. I was a sound engineer, while I would get up at five every morning to write and then go do sound engineering all day, which came directly out of recording guitar in my mom's basement and all that. So it paid off that way. And like you, I still write songs. Like I wrote a a bunch of songs in the new Bot Bot show that I did. I've written a number of My Little Pony songs. Oh, nice. Are you a brony? Are you a brony yourself? I myself am not a technical brony, but uh, there are people online. Are you a brony lord? Are you brony adjacent? I could. I might be brony, brony curious, and uh, <laughs> almost everyone what is. What is brony? Brony, bronies are adult male My Little Pony fanatics, and they exist oh. in great numbers and oh, have and, for twenty years. And, and they're loyal, loyal fans. And I, I've written some My Little Pony songs. You know, mostly lyric. Well, lyrics for My Little Pony, definitely. And people have made people have re-recorded and rearranged these songs and made YouTube videos at a much higher quality than I've ever imagined possible with this like they've taken it very seriously so it's it is both exciting to see and also somewhat unnerving because this was I know uh, what they, my hidden treasure is tonight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my little pony hey but, but I do love that that well, I do love being in entertainment because all these things that we didn't think would add up to anything or yeah. I thought I would give up music in some capacity has turned into something. You, you end up using every skill along the way. You end up having to use every skill along yeah. the way if you're lucky. So. so listen to that, kids out there, because I know we're so popular with the kids. We are. They love you, it. You know, if, if you know, build up those skills. You'll use them all, and you still might not end up with central air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's the lesson. Hey, and here's a lesson 
in advertising. We'll be right back on Dad Fanland. Dadman Land is back. We were wow. we turned clever lang <laughs> into, into a, a verb, verb during yeah, the during the break. Did. The show that turns clever lang into a verb. That's our new blurb. Hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> from the perspective of a neighborhood cover band. Oh, you know it is so summer now, and I hope you all, you're all having a great it's summer. Jeffy, yeah, why, why Jeffy's got some fr- Jeffy's got some friends down from. Uh, the Portland, Portland area. Yes. I've got my sister and her family in from New York. We're swimming every day. Yeah, we swam today too. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's that's why I'm so unfocused. I'm so, completely bleached by the sun from playing yeah. basketball and swimming all day. Yeah, my brain has been cooked like an egg on on Southern California living on air conditioning yeah. and, and you pools. know. Oh, yeah, yes. right. And yeah. if you're cooked, you know what you need to do then, Jeffy. I think it's time for a cold one. Yeah. I think we're all going to go into that roadhouse over yonder. Yes. And and order a beer. Jeffy's and... ice. Welcome to Jeffy's ice box. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. During the all summer, right. it's called Jeffy's ice box. <laughs> what, what do you set it up? What do you what do you what are you spinning in Jeffy's uh, ice box this evening? Spinning. Our favorite concert experiences. Yeah. All right. And this is exciting. I'll go ahead and start us out and say that my most memorable concert experience was seeing The Cure at Rosemont Horizon. And uh, it was incredible. I need What's a year. Rosemont I need Horizon? A year. I need a year in, in Rosemont details. Horizon, it was 1985. So, so Chicago, yeah. 85. Mm-hmm. I know that Rosemont is a stop on the, on the uh, L. Uh, sorry? Head in the doorway. Yes, exactly. My girlfriend at the time had introduced me to The Cure. And um, so, yeah, we, uh, we went. And it was That's loud. So, so far, it's a great, great story. <laughs> now, I, was the, I saw them in either the 85 show? or 86, and I think 10,000 Maniacs warmed up for them. Yeah, I don't remember who warmed up for them. Uh, we, we, I didn't go to a lot of concerts growing up. Actually, it was mm-hmm. a kind of a, a big deal. So it left more of an overall impression, like right. then, like I don't. Yeah. I have snippets of memories and like snatches of, you know, hearing them play a forest, and like just that song. Like played in that crowd, it's like you know playing a hymn in church. You know, everybody is right. like wonderful, enthralled to well, it. Well, and they're wow. at that time, at at the prime of relevance, perhaps. Do yeah. you know what I mean, at a yeah. point in which this wasn't someone, some old band your parents took you to. This was somebody still, I guess, arguably up and coming to to some audience on a broader right. audience, but right well, at their certainly prime. Certainly, to my it was up and coming to my nearly all black inner city high school in the south side of Chicago. Like, there were three of us listening to this music there. <laughs> and then more of wow. you were, more people were at the concert than three. Yes. So like, oh, there's Most a larger wor- world where people black. listen to this. Yeah, yes. not anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You know, The Cure, we, we haven't talked about them hardly at all on this show yet. No, we haven't. They were kind of a enough. big part of, uh, of uh, my youth as well. They were an you important know band I, to me. I think Head on the Door was hugely important to me. I, I did not truly get into them until like five or six years ago because they were always oh, really? adjacent oh, wow. to my art school at growing up. But my, my thing was that the last thing I needed was to be more emotional when I was in high school, so I yeah. avoided I mean, it. Like that's, the play. that's an extremely adult point of view yeah. to yeah. have at the, at the time. At the time, I was like, I need things that get me pumped up and make me not feel sadder. And I oh. saw all my friends who, and they're good friends, but they were very much 
into this, and it they was sad. They were sad. Then when I became an adult and just, just wanted to feel anything, I was like, time, <laughs> Something, time, time for the cure. Just yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's well, time I, for the cure. I was a happy, happy cure fan. I mean, <laughs> yes, he has this amazing voice. Like, his heart is breaking every note he sings. But uh, yeah. I find their music uplifting. I yeah. enjoy it so much more now than I would have been. Yeah, and Adam, you'll appreciate this. The first time I heard The Cure was on WLIR. Oh, my Long God. Long Island Rocks. Now, if, if, <laughs> if you guys missed out on WLIR, that was the greatest, that was the bastion of alternative mu- music. It was I the recently, best. I recently saw a, there's a documentary Not surprised. about WLIR that you can see on Amazon Prime. And, man, it was great and brought back so many memories. And I heard Why Can't I Be You. I had never heard The Cure before, didn't know who they were, heard that song. And it was one of those moments where my mind was blown. I was like, I need to know everything about this now. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Was it a screamer of the week? WLIR did a screamer of the week every week. They'd be like, "Here it is. This is a song that all of you need to hear this week." That's how I learned about um, REM. All right, let's. uh, Brian, as long as you're talking, what? What's now? This is a weird question for you because I want to hear your favorite concert experience, and you've probably been to millions of them. Maybe more than I have. Yeah, (laughs) and I've been to you know, a couple dozen. Yeah, I, I, I certainly have been to a lot of shows. I. So here's a question. I need a qualifier because. There's a couple on my list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't ask for a list. That are that are (laughs) right, right. I have a couple on my list that are festivals, and I Mm -hmm. couldn't decide if that was cheating because it's so many. No, it's not cheating. It's not cheating, but you don't get you don't don't get extra time just because you're adding extra bands. Yeah. Or was it one? I picked one two. Experience. I picked I thought, two. I thought we were talking about two. Do you have a second experience? I thought, I, yeah, I thought we were doing I did, two. I did oh, two. I, I, I if you need to do two, do two. But <laughs> I'm, no, I'm going to start you yeah, with one. Well, things are, things okay. are loose okay. here in yeah. Jeffy's in Jeffy's icebox. Okay, box. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the, the, it's cold It's melting. <laughs> it's melting. The ice is melting. We're swimming around. So this one came to me uh, more recently when I was putting together my list, which I can't share with everyone, apparently. Wow. You can share it on you can we share can it provide on the a link. Yes, and thank share you. Share on the social. So this one came to me because part of it was one of these experiences where it's like, am I? Did this really happen? Am I remembering this accurately? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So on June tenth, nineteen ninety, I attended a concert at Club Future in Hollywood, Florida, um, and next to the stage while these artists were performing, there were thirty police officers, including members of the gang unit the police department tactical squad and the uh, SWAT team. Uh And we watched the show anticipating a Jim Morrison-esque moment where they would be arrested on stage. The artist was two live crew. And what had happened was there was an obscenity (laughs) charge against uh, a shop owner who sold a record. And then there there was this mania. Uh, with Governor Bob Martinez, who I remember yes. his name very clearly because on stage that night at the show, there was a fuck Martinez chant. Um, and also uh, Navarro, who was the sheriff. And so they said, if they go play this show, we're going to arrest them for obscenity, blah, blah, blah. So we're all at this show, and the cops were there, did not arrest them at the performance, but then the band walked out got in their cars, drove down the street. The cops pulled them over and arrested them in the street. I think because they saw the crowd and they're like, we're not going to do this in in this club. But we're going to fucking do it. Right? Right. And uh, they ultimately, uh, so they were arrested and they were ultimately found not guilty in a jury trial because it was not obscene and it had political and artistic merit. And that was a great show. Was the show great? I I don't don't know. It was so much much fun. I mean, first of all, you, you got, you, 
you know, I need time on this, but yeah. um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Mix, the DJ, was amazing. Uh, the the chants and all that stuff were great. And uh, I I actually met Luther Campbell a couple times, Uncle Luke, uh, yeah. and he gave me that night this. Uh, Luke Skywalker Records do rag, which I wish I still had because then he got yeah, sued. Yeah, he, suit. yeah. he got sued, and there's no more Luke Skywalker anything anymore. And that was like <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. That, that was the much shit. Actually, yeah. Luke wow, Skywalker. that's yeah, a, exactly. that's that's untoppable. Um, <laughs> yeah, then it can't yeah. be topped. So I'm gonna ask Kevin to follow you. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Wow, Not me. Wow, I'm thank you. Good Not luck doing that shit. Well, I have two. I'll try to go through them quickly because I picked two. Okay. Don't. Why are you looking at me when you I've say it's, it's, it's your it's your jukebox? It's your jukebox. It's my ice box. It's your ice box. No, because I was I was going through and I was thinking because I've seen so many great Prince shows and so many things that I could yeah. name. Yeah. And great, even you know, early Metallica, something everyone should have seen. But I was so I picked two things that were unexpected, and that people may not think would have been awesome. One was. D'Angelo at the Universal Amphitheater in 2000. 2000? 2000. Perfect. This was right after the Voodoo tour. Mm -hmm. And I went, and I love D'Angelo, but I went expecting it to be to be one thing. I expected it to be kind of mellow, kind of the neo-soul thing, sort of a Stevie Wonder thing. It was the most exciting, thrilling, like R&B meets, meets neo-soul, meets rock, meets everything show meets dance that, that I, sounds awesome. I could not believe what I was seeing. And I had a handful of other friends who had seen him on that tour and they were like, holy shit, that was the best show we've that it was immediately the best show I had seen at that point. Right. And that's and I, amazing. The sad part is I said, this guy's gonna own the decade. Like this guy is oh. ready to take over the two thousands. Mm -hmm. And then he took a nap for fourteen years. <laughs> you know, and we never got to if you can find Bootleg of on YouTube or something, you know, someone who shot those shows. It was such an amazing show that the world never got to see a tour. This guy should have owned the decade. We should have been. Talking and about you know it. what? I didn't realize that you'd been a fan for that long. I oh, yeah. I did not discover him until Black Messiah came out. But when right. that oh. came out was around the time you and I were getting to be friends, and we yes. both like kind of lived a Obsessed calendar it. year listening to nothing but no doubt, Black Messiah, which I, is the ne his next album after pretty, that show well, you were at. It's well, pretty good. Yes, it's it, it, yeah. <laughs> no, I loved I loved Brown Sugar when it came out. I thought that was great, and then Voodoo was great, and then that was his first headlining tour that I knew of. At least it came to a city that I lived in and blew me away. Yeah, that's S that's a good one. Second yeah, that one, Voodoo record. Jeez. Oh my god, what a yeah. great record! Yes. And and like I, I saw a future that just never happened, yeah. and that's the set. One other quick thing I want to add, which was not an expectedly great show, but was a great show, was Anthrax 2013 at the House of Blues. They were doing Among the Living in its entirety, which I love anyway, and if you don't know Among the Living, you should get into that record, mm -hmm. which was already fantastic. But then in the encore, they came out, and then they started doing their cover of Bring the Noise with Public Enemy, and then Chuck D came out and oh, sang, and sang his part, and the whole place exploded. It was the most, like the world came, all the planets came into alignment, harmony was achieved <laughs> yeah, world, yeah. For, for three minutes. You probably felt it wherever you were. Yeah, I, I remember feeling some resonance March of 2013. Oh, yeah. I rarely ever pull my phone out, but I got video, and I'll post this on the <laughs> socials of people singing along when Chuck D came out, and they did the whole song you know, together as, as it is on the record, which, which isn't what Anthrax does when they go on tour. It's because you know, it was only in a, this town. And it blew wow. it away. And That's it, that a good one. night, I was like, holy shit. What, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen. You guys seen. have much better stories than I do. Yeah, my story's <laughs> not that good either, so that'll be good. And by the way, if, if you feel like you got robbed and you had another story to tell, guess what? We're very soon going to record a special episode where we're going to be sharing our um, listeners' 
uh, favorite concert experiences. Mm, yep. So you might be able to worm your other stories in there. Worm. That worm. doesn't sound so yeah, inviting, I mean, does it? No, it doesn't. It's not okay. <laughs> We're gonna clubber lang them in there. Yeah. You, know, you know what? Um, because because it's summertime and my sister and her husband are visiting, um, I did ask them what their concert experience is about. I want to touch on those briefly, and then I'll give you mine. Um, my sister Susie said David Bowie. Oh, um, yeah. with Squeeze warming up for him on the Glass Spider tour at the Coliseum. Meadowlands. Oh, Meadowlands. Meadowlands. She went to Meadowlands, and she said, yeah. she said, you know, she knows that the Glass Spider tour isn't necessarily the one that people That's think about. And, but she said Squeeze was unbelievable, and Bowie was great, and that was, that was hers. My, um, my brother-in-law, Ed, I ha- this is the reason you'll soon see why I'm bringing this up. He's, uh, he's, a, he's an Englishman, and he, so he grew up in England. Where Englishmen live. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, we thank you we, for yeah, clarifying. Yeah. His favorite, and he's a, he's a, he's a, his favorite concert experience was long ago. It was 1978. He's a bit older than me. Uh, not too much. Ed, you're young. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening. <laughs> yes, he, he loves this show. He saw Blondie in 1978, huh. wow. and the warm up band was a band that he had just bought uh, their first EP uh, of. And it was XTC. Who? XTC. <laughs> Never heard of them. Yeah. What, what he, said, they? he said they, 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 um, they had just released Science Friction, which was their first oh, hit. I thought in it was England. the Plastic Box <laughs> yeah, yeah. EP. Science Friction yep. is the name Science of an XTC friction. album? It was, it, my fingers. No, it is not. Oh. It's an EP. Electricity <laughs> it's a song. still lingers. And, oh, okay. And um, he said they were sharp and tight and a bit manic, and they were just fantastic. He became a lifelong fan after that. Even though nobody knew who they were at that point. And, then, and Blondie point. just blew him away. <laughs> And yeah, that's why I brought it up. I'm going to keep rubbing your noses in XTC. I I am just stunned that that's the name of what it's called because I, it's I could have made that up if I was going to make up a list of XTC songs. That'd be one of them. Science Friction. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. a band that you've never heard. For a band, I've you, never if you heard made up a list of songs, yeah, X, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You bring Anthrax into my house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not okay, the so here's wax. mine, and th- th- this is interesting. I, I was going back and forth about all these different ones, and this one's special. I think I'd have to rank this on the top, and it wasn't a musician that I liked or knew at the time. Um, in 1988, I was in London, and because I had a f- couple of friends going, I went along with them to see— The English are there. The English are there, yeah. Yes. And my, yeah. my, my yeah, you know, brother-in-law was probably there at the time. Mm. Um, I went to see Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm. I knew almost nothing about him. I'd maybe played one Stevie Ray Vaughan cut on my uh, radio show back in the States in college. <laughs> back in the States. <laughs> back in the States. So I went to see him. I was like, hey, you know, blues rock really isn't my thing. But I, I went to see him, and it was like, I think it might have been at the Hammersmith Odeon, or maybe that's just the only venue that I remember. Right. Um, <laughs> but One of the two. It was so incredibly moving. His solos were so magnificent and Funky and just thick with emotion, and I was just standing there going like, "There's no way that this is what, what the way this guy plays every night. That that would be impossible." Um, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But right before the encore, or right before his last number, he told the story about how I think it was two years before, to the exact day in the city of London is when he hit rock bottom, nearly overdosed and died, and, and went into rehab there in London. Mm. Wow. And he said, and, and he said, thanked London for saving his life, and then played the greatest guitar solo I've ever heard. 
And then two years later... And two years later, he went down in a plane and died. Thanks, Kevin. And how got where, 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 where was that? Where were you? I Was that I, I in America or was that okay. in America. England? Was that in America? I don't know. Part of me thinks remember. that might have been in England, but I don't remember. I remember when it happened. I can't remember where the it went. The bitter down. irony for that was England, too. Yeah. I mean, I, too I, much. I love, That's why I was asking. I that love would your be story. Outrageous. I love it. It is great. Do you? Were you done? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm done. What? I, I just wanted to say... I have a better story, and I can make it Ooh. quick. Okay, make it quick. Oh, All so right. we're doing two now. No, well, no, since you did two. No, we're only just one-upping. <laughs> we're only well, three, actually, you did two. We're only one-upping Adam. I, but mine was doing. shitty. Okay, let's hear it. No, you were good. You were there. It was okay. a concert, and you went to the concert. I liked your yeah. story. Here's <laughs> an experience that was worth it. <laughs> you, 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 you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We can make well, those extra ones a little mini- Mini. Yeah, we can make a mini episode. We can make a mini, mini, mini episode. Yeah, I got a list. But right, I, I know you do, Brian. I know you do. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be right back with more Dead Bad Land. To Bill. Brian's House of Lists. Dead Bad Land, we're back. We are. We, we took, are we took the commercial like the break to squabble a little bit, huh? Squabbling. I was like the beginning of Sweet Leaf. I was gonna say. I thought you were doing a Sweet Leaf impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we are. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell are you two talking I about?" I don't have any clue. <laughs> and I don't want a clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good audio. Hey, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brian. You know, you're standing out here on this lawn. And behind you is well, this. I thought I'm in the house. No, 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 no. Right now oh, you're out on the lawn. It's summer. We've it's approached hot. you, and we. My house you're... is air conditioned. Why am I outside? <laughs> it's, it's not even a you're pool. Pick, you're picking up your newspaper. You're the only oh, okay. guy in the neighborhood who still subscribes to an actual physical newspaper. And me and Kevin and Bri- and and uh, Jeffy walk up, and we're like, "Hey, aren't you old man Frank's son?" <laughs> and you say, "Yeah." <laughs> and we say, "What's that behind you?" And you say. Yeah. That's exactly how it went down. Brian Frank, what's in your house? <laughs> what's in this house? Wait, okay, so guys, follow me. Okay. You know, we're out front. Oh, sure. yeah, sure. Follow me into the house. Oh, it's wow. air conditioned. It's hot out. <laughs> is it central air or is it all these noisy it's, little it's, units? Uh, it's oh, central, central air. Central oh, okay, great. So, um, yeah, tonight in uh, the House of Wax, uh, we're talking about Radiohead's OK Computer, which was their third album, uh, originally released in various states in the May, June area of 1997, depending on what country you live in or lived in at the time, 25 years ago, around the time of this recording. Um, I previously mentioned this album, and you guys kind of scoffed at me, I think, I think, uh, when I talked about Radiohead's um, perfect album streak. And that, to me, oh, we didn't this scoff. is their second of four perfect albums. So you already wow. know how I feel about this record. You yeah. like it? Um, I have a lot to say about it. I'll start <laughs> with feel? some uh, wax facts. Wax facts. And, uh, and maybe uh, then we can have some personal <laughs> anecdotes. So um, <laughs> I hope you brought a list. <laughs> I have a list. In fact, well, we'll get to that. No, we won't. Uh, <laughs> Touche. Brian's House of Facts. Yes, nice. thank you. Nice. Um, so this is their first uh, full album uh, produced by Nigel Goodrich, who had worked on a couple songs on The Benz, um, and he has produced every single one of their albums since this one. 
Um, so the this process actually started with the recording of the song Lucky, which is on this album, uh, which was recorded in five hours. Um, and wow. they recorded it for Brian Eno's The Help album, which was a charity uh, compilation for uh, War Child to support children affected by war. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they had such a great experience. Uh, they loved the result. I mean, you can imagine doing that whole thing in five hours. They were like, oh, this is, this is working pretty well. Maybe we should yeah. spend some more time together. <laughs> exactly. So they started, you know, they committed to to Nigel. So um, that was in September of 95. Uh, then in early 96, they went back to their rehearsal space uh, in outside of Oxford in Oxfordshire, um, working on these new songs. Uh, they did some demos. And then they left the work there to open up for Alanis Morissette on her U.S. tour, um, which is pretty interesting of a pairing if you think about it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently watched the Alanis Morissette uh, Jagged Little Pill documentary that's on HBO, and they actually have some footage of Radiohead opening up for her, which is kind of a Neat little wax fact. Yeah, wax facts. Um, And then during this tour, yet another contributor to this album and the process, uh, Baz Luhrmann uh, got in touch with Radiohead uh-huh. and asked them to write a song for Romeo and Juliet. And he essentially just gave them the final 30 minutes of the film and said, make the music. And, and that, that was Baz Luhrmann's first major motion picture, right? Uh, first. Because um, he did US Strictly Ballroom. Strictly and then, Ballroom. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was first, his first studio. US first studio, studio film, film yeah. I believe. I'm going to defer to you guys on that. I yeah. only have the wax facts. Like the <laughs> film facts. I've got a son named Baz. There you go. Yes. Um, and so they started working on this song, which became Exit Music, parentheses, for a film, uh, which does play in the film, but is not on the film soundtrack. Uh, but it is on this album. Um, so when the tour ended, September of 96, so a year after they recorded Lucky, they went to St. Catherine's Court in Bath, England, which is an estate owned by Jane Seymour, uh, to record this album. Um, and the album was basically recorded live, very few overdubs. Um, they did add strings, which were recorded at Abbey Rose Studios in January of 97. Then they mixed it over two months and uh, released it in May and June. Um, hit number one in their home country, the UK, where it was nominated for Best, best British Album at the Brits. and That's where the Englishmen live. That's true. Right. I think your yeah. brother-in-law's yeah, heard from that. there. Yeah. And um, in the US, it, it only hit number 21, but that was their highest chart position at that point, which is kind of interesting to, uh, to learn now. Uh, it was nominated for Album of the Year. It won the Best Alternative Music Album Grammy and has since uh, been inducted into the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry. Um, and when it came out, had immediate critical acclaim. Uh, people lost it. And it was really interesting. Um, to me, I was a fan, obviously. I actually, when I was an intern at Capitol Records when I was in college, I worked on their very first album. Uh, Pablo Honey. So I've been a fan from the beginning. I was anticipating this. But the way they went about the marketing of this was really interesting. Uh, And it was a really famous thing in the music industry at that time. What they did was they got uh, in the States, they they bought a thousand Walkmans uh, and super glued Walkmen at that point. Walkman. 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 I think it's Walkman trademark S. (laughs) 
right? <laughs> yes. Walkmans. That's a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Walkman. Um, Walkmans. And they super glued the cassette in the Walkman for reviewers. Wait, this was review. a technique? I didn't I did not know yes. about this. This is they did this? So they sent it for um, you know, uh reviewers. Sure. And so you could promo- listen to that and nothing else so on that walk promotional can, material. It's it's an exclusive Radiohead Walkman at that point. It is. And it forced you to listen to the album in its entirety. You right. couldn't you know, it wasn't a CD, you couldn't skip tracks, you could you had to listen to the album. That was their intention. Or throw right? it out, yeah. Unless it got eaten, <laughs> unless the tape got eaten, and then you never get to there listen to go. the album ever. There you go. Um, so that was really interesting. And also uh, the video the, for Paranoid Android, that animated video. I remember it, when this record came out, I worked at Atlantic Records, and you know, everyone had like TVs in their offices, or there were TVs on the walls as well. And every time when this video came on, it was like work stopped. And everyone went to to stop and wait for the six minutes to watch this video. It was that impactful, at least in my insular, you know, industry world. They had planned to actually make a video for every song on the album, but they scrapped that plan. It was too expensive, took too much time. I don't know who I want to start with here, but my instinct says Kevin you have an interesting Started. relationship with Radiohead. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you might be more. If I'm wrong, okay, then no, Jeffy. No, 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 you're not wrong. <laughs> interesting is a tough word. I, I definitely, here's what I say. I love the Benz when it came out. When this, this is the difference between an emotional connection to a record and a, and a, my, and like a ability to recognize, like a scholarly connection to this record because I recognized that it was great. I recognized that it was brilliant in so many ways. I got why everyone loved it. By 1997, I personally and sort of the rock world had, since Nirvana really showed up, six or so years of super serious and pensive rock music. And I recognized in myself, if I do one more goddamn year of pensive rock music, I may never come back. I you, may you never. You reached your limit. I had reached my limit. I was getting into shorter, punkier things or angrier things or just I needed fun to return to my rock. And because of that, I never got to experience this the way that everyone experienced it. Sounds similar to what you're talking about, The Cure. Yeah. You, you put yeah. up a lot of guards, Kevin. I recognize my needs. Yeah, your emotional <laughs> well, needs, and, and you, you choose the music that serves them. And then I recognize, and I, and if this record came out in, say, 1993, it would have been absolutely my favorite record of all time. But it didn't. It came out at a time where I was like, I need to get Sorry, out of Sorry, Radiohead. Yeah, nice try, guys. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. <laughs> where were you in 93 when Kevin needed you? Yeah, but I think that matters so because I do, think, I do think to some extent it's fascinating where you see where the zeitgeist is, what everyone else is into, and you realize your relation to that, and it's not right or wrong. I yeah. just wasn't... I appreciate this record a lot. I think just... So how, how, how did this week change it? This week made me... Now it's... Now it has no relevance in in contemporary world, so now it was like an old friend visiting that I remembered liking a lot about it. I also got to certain things like um, uh, Fitter Happier and thought this is the most 1997 track that's ever been... 1997, you yep. know, like that is that Macintosh voice was a very particular thing of that time. I think this is, I think it, in some ways it's like a Ziggy Stardust is a cap, it captures that time period and that group of people very well. Um, and I, and there's a whole generation, you know, it's my generation and those younger that this was the breakthrough record for them. I still prefer the Benz, I think maybe just because it's a, a little more up tempo and, and rocks a little bit more, yeah. but I, I, I love it. This is a brilliant record. It just, I just didn't connect with it at the time because I gotcha. just couldn't. Jeffy, how about you? Because you said something interesting this week, um, which is that uh, we were texting about this album, oh, and you, you wanted to do it. You're, you said you remember 
what being t- being I expected to being love it. Expecting expecting mm. to. Nah, well, so I can find out. Yeah. I can find exactly what you said. I have it right here in our beloved text chain. And if you want to, jo- if you're out there and you want to join our I text chain, I remember being told I would <laughs> love it. Don't. You'll be <laughs> you, bored. You, you can't. You'll be yes. bored to tears. I, re- I remember <laughs> being told to love I, it. I remember being told I would love it. Now, did you? I didn't love it at the time. I but I did listen to it a lot, and I think that is just because it was everywhere. And yes, um, my relationship with the album was surprising this week because I realized how well I knew the album without realizing Me it. Me too, yeah. Like, yeah. I kept getting to songs, and I'm like, okay, there's going to be some songs I don't know on here. And there weren't. And, I, <laughs> and, and honestly, that was incredibly shocking to me because I did not feel like I had a relationship with this album, and clearly I do because <laughs> right. I know all the songs, right. and I was like, Wow, this melody too? Wait, and this? Yeah. And by the time Karma Police comes on, I was like, oh. It's somewhere. God, it's not like, I, I oh, lived this through this. Yeah. It's yeah. somewhere and in I, your hard drive or your brain. Just not hasn't been yeah. on your desktop for a while, and you have no idea you <laughs> exactly. still had it in there. And and the same with you, Karma by the time I got to the Karma Karma Police, I was like, Oh yeah, now now I'll start not knowing the songs. No, similarly, my it was and no surprises. No, it didn't the, happen. the guitar intro of No Surprises, I was like, Oh, I remember this friend. Like this yeah. is not a this is not a song I thought about in forever, but it was still in there. And talk about guitar, I mean uh, uh, the tourist. Like I've just felt like as expressive as Tom York's voice is, like mm-hmm. the guitar work especially at the end when it's just this huge crescendo. Yeah. It's so expressive and, like, so moving. Yeah. Like, I kept being moved by this thing. Yeah. You know, um, I'll add my two cents saying that ordinarily, and I was thinking this when I was listening to it uh, this week, because I feel somewhat oppressed by Radiohead because so many of my friends love them. <laughs> you know, it's just this thing Radiohead. where, like, like you know, I'll Listen be in somebody's house and comedy writers this. are so into Radiohead, and especially especially white male comedy writers, and there's a lot of them. That's yeah, true. So you'll be at somebody's house and be like, "How about some Radiohead, man?" And it's like they, it's like they're passing a joint around. It's not and, even and comedy all sudden, writers. I think it's just all white male writers it's, are it's in the Radiohead. Oh so, yeah, so much of it. So. I came at this from a somewhat hostile place because I've never <laughs> loved Radiohead. I really haven't. I've always liked them. I've never loved them, and um, I should because I, I love REM and they worship REM. Uh, Tom York, uh, you know, I, I hear so much REM in this album. It's crazy. Uh, they should sue. Um, and also, I love the Talking Heads, and they named their band after a Talking Heads song. It's like there is no reason why I shouldn't love Radiohead, and I don't. But listening to this album this week. <laughs> It was great. It was a great feel. I mean, it was. Um, they even have your Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yeah, reference. You know what? In the, I was you know waiting what? for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I was, was going to bring that oh, up. Okay. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe you don't love yourself enough, and you yeah. should. No, you, should, you know what? It, you know what it yeah. is. It, it's kind of what you said, Kevin. I was done with oppressive gloom. Yeah. Uh, in 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 that year, and it's just so gloomy. And I it could, also, I and I it. and I, my brother-in-law I was talking about this last night. He's from England, you know. Oppressive oh, where the Englishman? Englishman yeah. He's oh, an Englishman right. from England. So he so, loves oppressive gloom. That's just, he that's also the doesn't love Radiohead. And for oh. him, he said that, that uh, they always country. sound inauthentic to him. <laughs> yeah. Inauthentic. Inauthentic. Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. Because he looks at it, you know, they all met at the Abing- Abdington School. 
um, a private school where they wear those uniforms. I don't believe anything you tell me called Abdington School is <laughs> private school. Yeah, with absolutely. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a uniform-wearing sure. boys' school in London. It's not for the richest people in the world, but it's the kind of thing like when but they open up a new for building. for the poorest people either. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, Princess Margaret opens buildings there uh, when they when they build new buildings kind of stuff. And That's real Englishman shit. Yeah, it's real Englishman shit. And and that's what that's my, that was my brother-in-law's opinion about it. He's like, it really yeah. feels like, you know, Maybe they should suffer less extravagantly when their lives are so good. Um, that's not that, what he said. That, that, no. that's, that's, here's the other thing. I mark this second perfect album, I think, of their four mm-hmm. as this is the turning point where Radiohead stopped being fun. Yeah. It, this, is, this is where that I happened. Because the yeah. Benz is fun. There's some glimmers of light on this one, but it really disappears into this – and, and I think Tom York's voice gets less fun starting on this album because he he it's it's an instrument, but as an instrument, it's a bagpipe, in that you there's only a few sounds that it can make starting at this point. Well, I, I was gonna I was gonna bring up a very that same point to some extent. I love that this is the last time they sort of spend any time on Earth. This record, right? That this <laughs> because because I love we don't get it enough anymore. But when artists follow a muse that is gen, no one is gonna argue. That the later Radiohead albums aren't good. They may argue I don't like them as much. Yes, they do. But they won't say that they've phoned it in, right? No. And fortunately, there's no Radiohead album in which, like three albums later, when they tried some experimental things, where they're like, "Fuck it, we're going back to the Benz. We're going to get right. the Benz sound yeah, again." Yeah, like, and, 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 and they never do like, "Let's make a Christmas record." No, no. So, <laughs> so I have a great deal of respect for a band that just went well, to space put. and no, never bothered coming back. Well, and yeah. here's the thing is they're very Gen X. So I, I I take your brother-in-law's point about, you know, oh, they're privileged or whatever. But I think they're commenting on societal things and how technology impacts the world. Yes. Which is regardless of class, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't, I don't have a negative reaction to their class because of that, right? Right. And there's this journalist, uh, Tim Footman. I have to read his quote because I thought he really accurate. He nailed it, which is says this. The musicians and producer are delighting in the sonic possibilities of modern technology. The singer, meanwhile, is railing against its social, moral, and psychological impact. It's a contradiction mirrored in the culture clash of the music with the real guitars negotiating an uneasy standoff with the hacked-up, processed drums. So I think the music reflects what they were saying. And, you know, and they were right, by the way. This is the other thing. Yeah. Everything that they yeah, were pointing yeah. at in 1997 absolutely fucking came no, true. Totally. Period. And right? and to your point of fun, some maybe it's because they're English, Englishmen, but sometimes they're, the sense of fun. Like Adam's like, brother-in-law? Yeah. yeah he's, 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 an, he's an Englishman. Oh, from I, uh, yeah, that kind. There's always a sense sometimes about a lot of British bands where I'm like, they might be having secret fun that I don't fully understand, right? There's inside sure. jokes. There's concepts that are a lot to be taken less seriously. We take everything at face value here. There's well, off, yeah. I'll like, give you that exactly right here. That. Uh, so on the right. back of this uh, record, on the vinyl, it has the side splits instead of side A, B, tracks one through three. It says logical track order. Eeny, one through three. Meeny, four through six. Miney, seven through 10. Mo, 11 through and, and is that bit, which is a good bit, is that on the CD? Is that just missing from the CD? I don't know. I don't. I don't have CDs. I don't know anything yeah. about CDs. This <laughs> is, is this? the house. This is, is the this house CD? of wax. Oh, we have to go oh, down yes, to. We have to, go, house of we have to go down yeah. to Tim's discount so, house of CDs. Um, but I also have to tie in for my concert list. I saw them on the final show of this tour, April eighteenth, nineteen ninety eight, at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, 
it was amazing. And Spiritualized was the opener, if you know that band. Yeah. Holy shit. And somebody put this entire show on YouTube so you can find wow. it. Wow. And I saw them right before Where did they this, play again? What? Uh, Radio City Music oh, Hall. Okay. And right did the before, Rockettes uh, do, come out and do Paranoid Android with them? <laughs> yes. And, uh, <laughs> and I saw them right before this album came out in, this is why I asked about music festivals, at the Tibetan Freedom Concert on June 7th and 8th, 1997. Wow, that's in, uh, Randall's Island, uh, which is going to be on my list that we're going to post on socials. Are there any standout tracks on this album that you guys want to talk about? Like, like, yeah, like my, things, well, something obvious, that struck. I mean, Paranoid yeah. Android is often called their Bohemian Rhapsody. Right, and it's a police. great song. The for one sure. that the one that struck me more this time, which I which I really loved, was um, was electioneering. Like that, uh, it took what I like about guitar rock, almost generic guitar rock, and then twisted it on itself, which really I found as a dis- I appreciated it a lot more now, 25 years later, than I did back then. And it's got this like Brit pop it's kind got of thing, this, right? This like Nuggets era Brit thing, but then the then the vocals and the chorus change it because it, it goes away. It makes it not, you know. Herman's Hermits. Um, also, No Surprises, you yeah. got that track, recorded in a single take. Wow. And I just love that. And his voice is like so hard. You know, you know what? I, well, was, you know, I was in the car listening to this album, picking up my son, who's 14, as, as you know, from a, from a, I don't know, from a friend's house. And he got in, and 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 he said, "What's this?" Because I was listening to the album. Because that's my job this week. And I said, "It's Radiohead." We don't have to. He's like, "Oh, I love Radiohead. Can I put on No Surprises?" Wow. Oh, wow. Well, you know, adding to the fun aspect of it, like the year later, Tom York sang for the Velvet Goldmine soundtrack mm-hmm. a number of glam rock knockoffs and covers, which, in my mind, always put him in a like he got the joke half the time. Radiohead yeah. was not as serious as people thought he was. But those songs are great. If you can find the Velvet Goldmine soundtrack, that is a great soundtrack from the '90s with Tom York. All right, Jeffy, any anything come to mind, or, oh, or I mean, have we covered all, it? They're all great, but I will. I would like to hear that part of the tourist I was talking about. Yes, yes please. No, that's great. That no, that is, there's there's so much great stuff on this. I mean, uh, I, th- I think we all have wildly varying opinions of this band and how much we want to listen to them. For me, this album is unquestionably loaded with genius. I still I still find flaws in it that I'm sure that you do not find, Brian. Well, <laughs> I mean, you have called it. You have called it perfect. I mean, my flaws are only are my relationship to it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it that's, that's my point. Is kind of to me unassailable as. As a document of 1997, agreed. Sure. It's a great agreed. document of 1997. That, yes, you know, it's the scientific it's analysis is genius. My yeah. personal experience, but I don't was put it on for fun. No, no, no. I hear you. I don't know if anyone puts it on for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and that's why I couldn't. That's why I didn't play it in 1997. I can, I can enjoy yeah. it without having fun. Yes, yes. there you go. That's that's fair. That's yeah. a fair way to do it. You know what else is fair? The prices you get from our sponsors. Well, done. here we go. <laughs> 
DBL. DBL, right back. DBL. <laughs> Dead Man Land is back. We're back. Oh, yeah. Oh, what are we doing now? Uh, you, you know what we're doing? What? We're doing that That's end of ask. the show. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but you do know. Wow. Okay. Do we know? Do yes. we know? Why? What happens next? It's, it's, been, it's been like of, three weeks. At what? the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. right. It has been a while. At the end of the show, here? we always do guilty pleasures or hidden treasures. Oh, yeah. What's it this week? Well, last time it was guilty pleasures. Right. Except that I had no guilt over right said, Fred, I am too sexy. I am and too sexy. And you should have. I had another. Yeah, That's actually... Why I forgot it was hidden treasures this week because you had no guilt. I had no guilt. Yeah, you, you, you were, up, and so I was like, "Yeah, it was as white as snow." Yeah, and then Adam said, "Right," said Fred, and I was like, "Oh, right." <sighs> so that, is, that is shameful. Why is he so judgy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We could ask him when he comes back. <laughs> uh, all right. So hidden treasures. Hidden then. treasures. Yes. Tonight. All right. And hidden the first hidden treasures. treasures comes from Jeffy's the arbiter of this. It comes from me, Adam Felber. All right. Here's a band. I'm going to name a band. I want to know if you guys have. If that brings up anything at all for you, yeah, it's the three letters. It's not three letters. Okay. Although there are some XTC influences in this band. <laughs> of course there are. Oh, um, sure. You, an interesting thing. I, I don't think yeah. I, I'm expecting some <laughs> blank stares uh, on on this one. Um, although my kids have friends who introduced them to this album, and and I was like, how have you guys even heard of this band? Aerosmith. Tally Hall. That's not a real band. That's a real band. <laughs> It's a Tally Hall. I'll tell you a little story about Not Tally Hall. Tally Ho. I am friends with a manager that I don't know if you know, uh, Brian. Do you know uh, Jamie Kitman? No. He manages They Might Be Giants, and he managed OK Go for a while. And um, and then for a while in the in the uh, early ooze, he was managing a band called Tally Hall. I think they were out of Michigan. Um, and he hooked me up with them. Because he's like, these guys want a TV show. It's going to feel a little bit like the monkeys. It's almost like they're going to do sketch comedy and they're going to you know, be performing songs because their songs are awesome, but they're also five really funny guys. And I listened to this album, loved it, met with the guys, wrote up a TV pitch. Um, and before we could even pitch the TV show, the band broke up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I'm still friends with one of the members of the band, but – for some reason, they have hung on all this time. Brian, you seem to be Googling He something. is absolutely Googling Tally They're Hall. from Ann Arbor, Michigan. There we so go. Look at that. You're Ann right. Arbor, Michigan. You're right. So, Find out where, uh, where Stevie Ray Vaughan died while you're up there. But, so the uh, thing is, okay. um, the, the, this album doesn't go away. When our beloved Dad Band Land fans, uh, when we asked them about Hidden Treasures for that Hidden Treasure episode yep. that we did weeks ago of theirs, Somebody wrote anything by Tally Hall. Wow. And so and like two records? other people how liked many, it and how agreed. Many Tally Hall albums are There's there? two albums and I think the second was posthumous of the band. Uh, they all died. They in all, the I was going to say that's why they they're like, no, they're alive. They're alive. Yeah. yeah. In East Troy Wisconsin. No, they were alive. Okay. Oh, right. Um that's but odd. the first the the album that everybody um thinks about it and this cut is from there is Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum. It's a Based on a real place. That is Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum. Um, there's a lot of gimmicks on it. There's a lot of cutesiness on it. But this song I like a lot. Let's hear a little bit of Greener. Time for time together And depending on the weather We'll either argue in your house or outside Different I felt Before I got this notch on my belt Yeah, but now it seems that you'd just rather leave 
So same manager as they might be giants and OK Go, that tracks. Yeah, doesn't it? Absolutely. Now, he's, he described himself to me uh, many years ago proudly as the Broadway Danny Rose of band managers. <laughs> he collects these bands and, <laughs> and he's, he's, he sticks with them. Um, that That is so thrilling. And this is the dad part of dad band land. The fact that some 14-year-olds are passing this 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 album around yeah. and that when I get in the car with my kids both of them can scream along with this song yeah that's crazy it's crazy yeah. there's some underground yeah this is music this album is yeah. from 2005 yeah. from yeah. before both my kids were born wow and was never a hit and yet for some reason which I've never heard of till just now yeah, yeah. yeah me neither isn't that interesting there yeah. you go Tally Hall Tally, Tally Hall everybody Tally Hall Brian what have you brought uh, so mine's also from the to this uh, century <laughs> um, this is a, a song that came out in 2013 from a band from Sweden. Uh, it's hard to have negative band names, album names, song names, I find. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to be successful with that negativity. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but the band's called No, No, No. <laughs> so this is the exception that proves the rule. Or Although, since yeah. I haven't heard of them, exactly. maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe the rule that proves the rule. It's yeah. yeah. uh, called No, No, No. And uh, this song uh, is called Pumpin', ending with an N, Blood. That's really nice. That was really good. I'll say a lot of people were making sounds like that in, in 2013. I mean, it's a very 2013 song. That's one of the better ones. So, you know, <laughs> no, it it's, it's funny had, that that didn't succeed because there are a lot dynamics, of people doing it. It had coolness yeah. to it. I will say this. I'm seeing the title right now, and there's no apostrophe after that. Yeah, it's pumping. That's triggering me. That should yeah. have an apostrophe. That's what no, I said. And yeah. pumping. It's, uh, and triggering my editorial uh, sense. Yeah, she clearly yeah. sings pumping, by the way. There's a G when she sings it. So well, they're G. Swedish, so we don't know <laughs> what she's... They don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, in Sweden, like, the G is an apostrophe. Yeah, and... Uh, so know, they should have had it there. They should turn it into a verb like clubber lang. Lagging, yeah. It's true. Lagging. That's me, our song. But yeah, it's that like MGMT, yeah. false to the people. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. That was Absolutely great one. What Are there other no, no, no songs that are... Like. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the highlight of the album. It's a, it's a good album. I don't know. I wonder, actually. Let's see. Do they have any other albums? <laughs> they did have a second album that came out in 2018. All right. There you okay. go. No, no, no. no, no. Still maybe, maybe we'll check it out. They, they could still be a band. Or they maybe. Could, for all we know. No, no, we know. No. We got to go to Sweden and find out, guys. Yeah, do research. They should have spelled no, no, no with way. the K, and then it would have been a thing. Um, pump pink? 
No. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. K-N-O-W. Pumpink. Pumpink. Rupert Pumpink. Wait, I thought you were doing a bit. You were serious. You thought it was I thought you were talking about pumping, and you were saying they should use a K. Right. Right. He meant pumping. He said pumping. Pumping the bellows. Hey, Kevin, what do you got for us? What do I got? Okay, so after we after we had a very special episode... Of hidden treasures, which most of them were really good that people were recommending. Then sometimes people would recommend something that I never even came close to hearing, and it was like, Christ, it could be anything. Like, how do I know it's a hidden treasure? Everything about this is hidden. Like, yeah. I have no way of getting it. No, there. I love that playlist from the Hidden Treasures episode. Yeah. So I, uh, but I started ones. thinking, like, what famous bands have songs that no one thinks about that they should go and rediscover? And Same I. Anger. What's that? Saint Anger. <laughs> yes, but that's a different, that's a whole episode. Uh, no, I was, I was thinking about Pink Floyd. No one on earth is going to say that Pink Floyd is not one of the most famous bands of all time. Everyone would consider them a classic rock band, maybe an art rock band, maybe a 70s art rock band. But, but also, I don't think anyone's going to ever consider them to be like a fucking rock band with like a capital R-O-C-K. Nobody like, thinks of them like that. Nobody does, like the level of Black Sabbath or the level of Foo Fighters or Queens of the Stone Age. But, um, oh, but there is a song on their third album, yes. which is technically... The soundtrack to oh, a movie, yes. and this song crushes. And if you want to find out what Pink Floyd crushing sounds like, this is it. <laughs> yep. That's lying. surprising. the only person in the world who knew this song. <laughs> then I got into a band called Panthers from uh-huh. Brooklyn, New York. They covered this oh, song, dude. and it kicks ass. You know what's interesting about so it to me crushing. is when I was a kid and Pink Floyd was a band that a scary band that older kids listened to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I imagined they'd sound. Totally. And I was by almost way, disappointed song, by that, their gentleness that, and melodicness yeah. when that I discovered them later. The, the Nile song. I didn't give it the name of it, but yeah. that's the Nile song off the, off the soundtrack to Moore, the film Moore. And it kills. It kills yeah. in a way they've never killed again afterwards. It is absolutely a great song. They, so that is a hidden Pink Floyd treasure. They couldn't repeat it. It was too much killing. It was too much killing. They had to go hold it. Yeah, in fact, we, could, we can credit their entire art rock career. They, they've maximized their yeah, rock on that song. Yeah, they slayed out yeah. We're like, to the max. We're right. done, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're out. we can rock no more. <laughs> now <laughs> we must it's roll. It's so true. <laughs> now it is time and to you know roll. What? I'll get in my car, and I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm in a bad mood. I need something. And I'll just say, I'll be like, you know what? hey, Siri. Play the Now song. Yeah, and then right. I'm immediately, it's doing it right now. <laughs> hey, you don't name check Siri in a, in a room. Yeah, she'll start doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. she definitely will. Hey, Jeffy Branion, well, bring I, us box. home with I, a hidden treasure. I brought us to the end here, the end of our rainbow. Um, this song, uh, hold please. This song is from 1980. 
my friends. All right. Um, this is one of my comes from one of my favorite albums, but it's it's not an album that most people have heard of. Um, this, I, you know what? Maybe I should just play the song. Maybe I mean, we should yeah, do it yeah. that yeah. way. Let's learn, and Let's then we'll talk. Nineteen eighty. What is that? That is Paper and Iron from Black Sea by XTC. What? <laughs> what? Yes, I was so in. That was so yeah. English. That, that was uh, entrapment. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, digging it, it too. I've watched you digging me. it. Yeah. Yeah. You entrapped me. Yeah. And, but, but the so thing is, I've heard they, XTC again. Yeah. You have, and, and they, have, they have a lot of different sounds. And uh, this one, I just love the percussion. And I love the lyrics. I didn't know what the unicorn and lion were at the time when I was a kid, and I had to look it up that it's the on the crest of the uh, of England, and so working because for the, saying because working for the say, man. Of course it is. <laughs> of course, of course the song's about a crest of England. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> there is a wardrobe, but, gotta, but that's I in the second say, verse. As the maybe second XTC song I ever heard, that wasn't too bad. Was it's pretty, pretty good. good. I was into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think anyhow, you'd I like. In, anyhow, I was entrapped. You just lured well, me in. And I, I, no, the door I, it was entrapment, but, but you were so I was visibly into it. grooving, I was visibly it. into it. Yeah. But the I thing is, it. I think you would be into their super early stuff, and this is before they got it's, big over. It's possible. Over I'm gonna, it's possible. I might be into all of their stuff. The the, it might the, be. the bit is it that I don't know any of their oh, stuff. Okay. We're never yeah. gonna listen to it ever. <laughs> the the yeah. bit is too important. Well, but now now you might think about no, like don't. you can keep the bit up and yeah, you can like secretly listen. What, now. I, what I find fascinating about the bit yeah. is that XTC is one of those bands that everyone uh, like one just one turn of high school older than me obsesses like the Beatles completely miss I can't name another yeah. band that's just completely gone right. the next turn of high school, right? <laughs> like yeah. it's just just one rotation made yeah. a band if go you from like it. Like this is the greatest band that's ever lived. To who the hell is that band? Yeah. I can't think of another band. And that's me, like, that. like these were the first CDs I imported from overseas because their early stuff wasn't available. That's right. So I was like saving wow. up my pennies during the summer. Or you, or you could get CD. the vinyl at Newberry Comics yeah, when well, I was. A t- uh, yeah, well, I lived in Chicago at the time, <laughs> yeah. and I, you know, uh, this was yeah. I, I got into them in college, and then started listening to their other stuff because I could suddenly get to it. Back Fan- when you had to Fantastic. Well, nice. That was that was some epic uh, bait and switch there, Jeff. Entrapment. Entrapment. <laughs> it was, entrapment. Yes. It was yes. awesome. Um, and you know what else is awesome? All of you guys. Yeah. Um, wait, but before I wrap it up, oh, yeah. it's time for the crown of fame. Kyle's crown of fame. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, so this one, this one was tough. You guys did not make this one easy. They're all in the same, like, sort of, you know, area of, of music. And I feel like you guys are like, wait, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're listening. Okay. We're just um, listening intently. Yeah, we um, want to know who won and lost. Well, so like you guys are trying to like really target, you know, the, the type of music that I like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so, that's a good um, idea. 
Yeah, I know. I, for the award. Yeah, just, so you yeah. felt like we were just playing up to you on this one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. You know, they, yeah. None of them really stick out. They're Mine all was completely self-serving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I do think uh, Tally Hall wins this one. Wow. Ooh, Look at that. I like the mix, the rhythms. I feel like the song just like developed. You know, had a little halftime feel in the in the sick. chorus. Yeah, yes, exactly. That halftime feels everything. That in the harmonies and that me. synth in the background. Yeah, Moog synth. Yeah, can't so, complain. All right, I got the I got the crown of fame. We have a winner. Thank you, thank you so much, Kyle. And you know what, everybody, thank you so much. Send your questions, comments, and your own cover band experiences to dadbandland at gmail.com. Follow us on all the socials where we have been having a blast. Hey, Jeffy, Brian, Kevin, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Oh, thank for you. This. Thank Good you. to be here. The Dad Band Land is produced by me and Jeffy Brannion, that opening music montage, usually by Jeffy, editing and Starburns production by Kyle McGraw, who gave me the crown this week, even though I'm making him edit it. Our theme song is by Adam Korn. <laughs> Come back next week for more DBL. 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 Goodbye. Starburns Avenue, a, pod- <clears throat> a podcast network.